Does your dog do that? Anyone's yes. dog like yes. tap you? So my dog does that a lot. I have a dog, I have a yellow lab named Hunter, and he loves to tap me when like just to get my attention. I let him sit on the couch with me and he'll like just like randomly start doing that. And when I saw that video, I was like, yes, it's my dog. He does this other thing like when I put my shoes on, like I'll lean over to like tie my shoes and he thinks that's like fun time or like play time or whatever. So he'll run up and just start like licking all over my face, like sticking his tongue all up my nose. I'm like, ah, get off me. It's just, it's disgusting. But the second I like lean over, it's like lick fest. And so it's impossible to like tie your shoes in my house. It's just how my dog is. And what does he want? What's the point of what he's doing? He's trying to get your attention, right? You're like, hey, it's time to play. It's time to do something. So I'm here. Don't forget me. Like, he wants her attention. And uh, I love it when animals do that because it's just this cool reminder of like, man, you and I need attention. You and I desire attention. And there's someone else who wants attention. And he doesn't need it, but he wants it. And he wants our attention. And he designed us so that we would p- give him our attention. And it's our maker. It's, it's God. And so as we read our passage tonight, God is going to do something in this passage that we're going to see as we look at the life of Moses. He does something super crazy to get Moses' attention. He wants Moses to know, hey, I'm here. And there's something I'm going to tell you. But Moses is doing what you and I sometimes, or maybe a lot, tend to do when it comes to God. We're kind of like going through our life and we're doing our thing and we're really busy, right? And so we have schoolwork to do, and we have, like, we got to go do sports, and we have friends to hang out with, and our family needs us to do stuff. And so our schedules get super busy, and then we look up and we're like, wait a minute, I haven't even talked to God today. I haven't opened the Word and, like, read about my God today. Like, I haven't been in communication with Him at all because I've just been like, oh, man, it's been like a week, two weeks, a month has gone by, and I haven't even prayed. And all too often we find ourselves in that situation where God's like, hey, I've got something to tell you. And we kind of treat him like that dog where it's just like we make him just keep going, hey, Rob, hey, Rob, hey, Rob, I want to talk to you. And I'm staring off into space doing my own thing because sometimes I just get too busy to listen to him. I don't know if you can relate to that. But God wants to tell each of us something. He's always got something for us. He's always desiring for us to grow as we follow him, and he's always got something to tell us, but so often we're not listening. And we see Moses doing a very similar thing tonight. So you guys read with me real quick. We're in Exodus chapter 3. We finished our series last week, or a couple weeks ago, and we're starting just a two-week series called Who? And tonight we're looking at Who Am I? And Moses is going to ask that question in this passage. He's talking to God, and he's like, God, who am I? And so as he's going along in his thing in in Exodus chapter 3, verses 1 to 12, we're going to see God try to get Moses' attention. And here's the deal. When God tries to get people's attention, he does. God does a really, really good job at getting you and I to look up and respond. And so let's read it real quick together. It's Exodus 3, verses 1 to 12. It says, Now Moses was keeping the flock of his father-in-law, Jethro, the priest of Midian. And he led his flock to the west side of the wilderness and came to Horeb, the mountain of God. And the angel of the Lord appeared to him. Are you ready for this? The angel of the Lord appeared to him in a flame of fire out of the midst of a bush. He looked, and behold, the bush was burning, yet it was not consumed. Let's just stop right there for a second. So you have Moses, and here's this guy who was a little baby, and the Pharaoh's like, hey, I want all the babies that are Jewish to be killed. So I'm going to command everyone in my entire empire 
to take all these little Jewish babies, baby boys, and kill them. Throw them in the river. I want them all dead. Because he was afraid that the Jews were growing too strong as slaves and would take over Egypt. He's like, kill all the babies, and they won't be able to. And so Moses' parents are like, no, they try to hide them for a while. And eventually they, make, they, they obey, but not totally. They, they make this, this basket for him, and they talk, put him in the river, and they send him downstream hoping and praying that he'll be saved. And sure enough, he gets downstream, and the daughter of Pharaoh finds Moses in this basket and takes him. She falls in love with this little baby, takes him as her own son, and raises him. And then eventually, as Moses is growing up and learning how to be this, this awesome prince of Egypt, something happens. He finds out where he's from. And all of a sudden, he's looking around him in this empire where the Egyptians are beating these Jewish slaves who are his own people. And he says, no, no, that's not good. You can't do that. And he sees this one Egyptian who's beating a slave, and he kills him to protect a slave. He buries him under some sand. The next day he goes out and he sees these two Jewish guys are fighting. These Israelites are arguing and fighting. And he's like, what are you guys doing? Why would you fight like that? Like, this doesn't make sense. They turn to him and go, what, what, what's it your business? Who are you? What kind of authority do you have over us? You killed a dude yesterday. And he's like, whoa, how do you know that? Like, I hit him under the sand. How did anyone even see? And so he freaks out, and he knows that the king's going to kill him, that Pharaoh's going to kill him for doing that. So he takes off, and he goes to this, this land where it's called Midia, and he finds this, this really pretty Midian girl, and he marries her. And he has some kids, and he starts a life, and he stays there for 40 years. And what he does is he becomes this shepherd, and he takes all these, like, sheep out for, in, in the, to, like, I guess let them eat and drink. That's what shepherds do, right? And he takes care of these sheep for his father-in-law. And he, for 40 years, that's what he's doing. He's just walking around the, the desert, herding his sheep along. He goes from being the prince of Egypt to a goat herder. And as he's walking around doing this day after day for 40 years, all of a sudden he's out in the middle of the woods again. His sheep are like eating all over the place and he looks over toward the side and he sees this bushes burning. He sees a fire and he's like, what? And that's not that unusual to see. It's hot out there, right? And so that, that type of stuff happens. But then he noticed something about the bush. The leaves weren't turning black. They weren't crinkling up. There wasn't smoke coming up. It's just a fire. It's just a flame burning, but nothing is being consumed in the bush. The bush is totally fine. And he's like, what? He's like fixing his eyes. He's like... How is that happening? The sun must be really, really hot. Like, it's going to be so hot, I'm not seeing things straight. And so he, he's like, I'm going to go check this out a little closer. And he starts to get over near the bush. He wants to see what's going on. You know what's happening in this whole deal? You know, as this thing is occurring, that it's not just some bush, but it's a big, strong God going, hey, Moses, for 40 years, haven't heard from you, man. Forty years you've just been out doing this thing, running off. You've been out herding sheep every day, getting the monotony of daily just doing this job. I need your attention. And it says that the Spirit of the Lord was the flame that Moses saw in that bush. And that's why it wasn't burning up, because it was the presence of God right there saying, Hey, Moses, I want your attention, man. Look over here for a second. Now, 
one of my most favorite things in the world to do is I love going hunting. You get, most of you guys know that about me. I love to go to South Carolina. I go up in the tree stands and sit way back in the woods in the middle of nowhere. And like, it's actually kind of scary because you get up in the morning before the sun comes up and it's dark and you walk out in the dark down these trails way back into the middle of literally nowhere where there's nothing but trees and animals. And you're walking down this little trail and it's cold out and it's awesome. You climb up this tree stand way up in a tree somewhere and just sit. And you're all alone and it's quiet. And as the sun starts to come up, it's cool because you get to beat the sun out there and you get to see everything that's happening as the sun comes up. You get to see little fat squirrels run like madmen up and down the tree chasing each other. All of a sudden they wake up and just go nuts. And you get to see these like foxes will creep by. Like all sorts of crazy stuff happens. These strange birds start making weird noises and it's, it feels like everything wants to eat you out there for a few minutes. You're like, I'm going to die. But it's like a good exhilarating feeling, you know, and you're up there and you're in the tree and you're just chilling. I like to talk to God when I'm up there and read the Bible and just like be in nature. Well, this one morning was so beautiful because as the sun came up, the sun does these really like funny things through the trees and like bounces all over the place. And it's just gorgeous. You guys have probably been on the beach and seen the sunrise on the beach and how beautiful that is. Well, as it like peeks through the trees and there's like some mist like kind of right here right now, it would just do some really cool things as you sit there and watch it like artwork. And I'm sitting there, I'm watching this thing happen and just how beautiful everything looks. And as I turn off to my left, I'm looking at like the way the light's coming through the trees. I stop. And I'm just like frozen. And I look and I am just staring down what I see in front of me is the most massive black bear ever. I've never seen another one, so I can't say that I've ever seen. It's the only one I've ever seen. And it's just, boom, like 300 yards away at the base of some trees. It's just sitting there, and it's huge. And I'm looking at this thing, and it's like I'm looking eye to eye, face to face. It's like it's staring me down. And I'm like sitting here like, oh, look how beautiful everything is. And like, bam, this thing's stalking me, wanting to kill me and eat me. I've seen YouTube. I know what happens when bears climb trees. They're really fast. I'm like, I'm going to die. I've seen the movie The Revenant. I know what will happen if you mess with a bear. And so, so I'm looking at this. I'm just frozen. And I'm like, don't breathe, Rob. Don't breathe. I'm trying to hold my breath. And then I'm like, but the bear's not going anywhere. So I'm like going to run out of breath and just die in the tree because I'm going to suffocate. And so I'm trying to like just wait this thing out. I still have my phone in my hand. I'm trying to like click it off without like making the click noise, you know, and like him see the light from my phone. I'm just freaking out. And I sit and I wait and it feels like an eternity. I'm just waiting and I'm waiting and I'm waiting. I'm like, go away, bear. This was not Scooby-Doo. Not (laughs) Scooby-Doo. Obviously, because he's a dog, right? It was not, what's the heck, what's the name of that bear? Winnie the Pooh. I'm thinking of Winnie the Pooh. It wasn't Winnie the Pooh. Yeah, Scooby-Doo. They both have an ooh. So (laughs) I'm like, I'm like, this is a ferocious, I'm not going to die out here. There's no one that can help me. And as I sit and I try to wait it out and wait it out, the sun's going higher and the light's beginning to change. And I'm saying, it is not moving and it's still staring at me. It's been like 25 minutes. There's no way this bear could still like be there, like just not moving. And so I pick my gun up just so slowly, like the slowest ever, like Guardians of the Galaxy, that one dude. And so I'm like looking through the scope. And as I see, the light has changed just enough that is just a big log. <laughs> it's just a log. It's just a log there. And so I was like, I've been sitting here for a half an hour, freaked out, like wanting to throw up. I'm thinking I'm going to die. And it's just a stinking log because of the way the light was coming through the trees. Man, I couldn't, I was like blinking. I was like, I have to see what this thing is. And so 
I, I feel like Moses is probably not, he's not as dumb as me, so that's why that happened to me. But he's taking a second look like I was like, what is that? Like, I can't believe this. But you see, when Moses got close and Moses had to check it out, and he's looking, it's like, hey, it's not going away. This isn't just like a play of the lights here. This isn't just like a sunrise making this look weird or the smoke hitting it just the right way. It's actually just a reflection. No, as he got close, he's like, this is real. There is fire in this bush, and this bush is not burning. He's like, and God's like, hey, do I have your attention? Did I finally get your attention, Moses? And he calls out to him, look what God does as Moses comes up on this thing and checks it out. Moses says, I will turn aside to see this great sight, why the bush is not burned. And when the Lord saw that he turned aside to see, God called to him out of the bush, Moses, Moses. Now, I don't know about Moses, but I would have freaked out. I would have needed to change the pants at this time, okay? Because not only is there a flame in a bush, it starts talking to me, calling my name, right? And Moses, I don't know how he didn't just pass out at this moment, but God makes it clear that he's there. This is no mistake. This is no accident. This is no gimmick. He's like, Moses, I know your name. After 400 years of silence from God, where God wasn't speaking through prophets to people, 400 years, they hadn't received a prophecy. Here's the first time after 400 years that the voice of God is heard. And Moses is standing there hearing it from a bush. And God wants Moses to know, I've been around I've been silent for 400 years. You haven't received these prophecies, but I haven't been gone. I haven't been distant. I haven't forgotten about you. I've been here working. I've been here engaged in humanity. I love you too much to ever leave you. You're mine. I've been here, but I've been silent for a reason. But now it's time for me to break my silence, Moses, because I have something huge that I'm asking you to do. I have something to declare that I want the whole world for the rest of the time of the world's existence to hear this message over and over. And you and I get to say it every single day and hear it. We get to hear about Jesus. We get to hear about how God's plan to send his son to earth to die for our sin. And that's what's going to be revealed here. So God breaks his silence and he says, Moses, I'm calling to you. I want your attention. And he got it. Moses says, here I am. Then he said, do not come near. Take your sandals off your feet for the place on which you're standing is holy ground. Now you're like, there's some things going on in this that I just don't understand. Like, why is he taking his sandals off? He's outside. What's the point of taking your sandals off? Why is he answering him like, here I am? As if God couldn't see that he was right there. Why, why is he bothering to say this? And there's some cultural things that are happening that you and I just don't do anymore. But for them, this was a sign of respect for him to answer as here I am, which means like, I'm at your service. Like, I humbly like stand here before you. Like, I'm subject to you. I submit to you. Here I am. And so as Moses is saying this to God, there's this act of faith that he's doing that's saying, okay, you're not just a bush. 
This isn't just some play of the lights and the smoke. Here I am. I'm in your presence. I'm engaged with what you're doing and I submit to you. And then God says, take your sandals off because you're standing on holy ground. This was a sign of respect. It was another sign of submission to say that I am in the presence of someone far greater than myself. That I can't even be wearing my sandals, my shoes at this point in your presence because you're that holy, you're that much greater than I am. It's this incredible moment of just submission as Moses realizes who he is standing in front of. That God is there. And then, God reminds him of something really awesome. He says, I am the God of your father. The God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob. Moses, listen, I might have been silent for a while but I've never left you. I've been with each of your ancestors all this time for the past 400 years. I've been protecting my people and loving my people and preparing this exact moment where you would step out onto this mountain and here I would approach you in the form of a bush and a burning flame and I'd call your name out. Every moment has led up to this moment. I've never been distant. I've been here for all of them as I'm being here for you right now and I'm calling you out for a huge purpose. I hope you're ready. And here's Moses' response. It says that Moses hid his face for he was afraid to look at God. He realizes how incredibly huge his God is. And he can't even stand there in his presence without hiding in fear because of how huge God is. That one punches me in the stomach sometimes to think about as I pray to my God every day. As I stand on this stage so often and I talk about Him in His presence as He's here with us tonight to think how flippantly sometimes we take God. How small we make Him out to be. Whereas Moses sees him and realizes how big he is, and he can't even look at him. He's, he's just in fear, like, wow, you're so huge. You're so incredible, God. Sometimes you and I look at God and we're like, hey, God, can you handle this? i got a prayer request for you. We treat him kind of more like this, this vending machine. This dude that might make us feel better when we're hurting. Instead of the fact that we're standing in the presence of the creator and sustainer of everything that exists. This perfect, holy God who is so huge, it should make us fall to our knees before him. That's what he's calling us to come to him with. Not in fear, but with a sober acknowledgement of how big he is feel it at the core of who we are, to believe it with all our hearts, to say, God, you are who you say you are. And to fall down and worship before Him. So God sees us and He hears what Moses says. And look how He reassures him. Our God is so loving. Look at what He says. Then the Lord said, I have surely seen the affliction of my people who are in Egypt. And have heard their cry because of their taskmasters. Remember what Moses did? 
Remember how Moses had to flee Egypt because he saw a taskmaster hurting a slave and he killed him? God throws that out there for a second. Like, I've seen that, Moses. I've seen how unfair they've been treated. I know their sufferings, and I've come down to deliver them out of the hand of the Egyptians and to bring them up out of that land to a good and broad land, a land flowing with milk and honey, to the place of the Canaanites and the Hittites, the Amorites, the Perizzites and the Hivites, and the Jebusites. And now, behold, the cry of the people of Israel has come to me, and I've also seen the oppression in which the Egyptians oppressed them. Come, I will send you to Pharaoh that you may bring my people, the children of Israel, out of Egypt. God says, you fall down in fear before me, but remember something, Moses. I love you. I love you and I love your people. I'm a compassionate, caring God that protects. So don't fall in fear. Fall in reverence and respect of me because I've never forgotten you. And I haven't forgotten that people that you love so much. The reason why you're out here for 40 years with sheep. Because you did love that people. And I have that same heart, God says. And I see it in you. And I'm calling you to something huge. I want you to go back and get them and set them free. Excuse me. Excuse me, God. Like, the bush is awesome. The flame was a really cool thing. Like, you're big. I get it. But uh, what did you just ask me to do? I ran last time. I was scared of Pharaoh enough to take off and hide, and I've been out here for 40 years hiding so he don't kill me, and you're telling me to go back? Like, you're pretty big and all, but maybe you can handle that. We know that because look what Moses says in response. But Moses said to God, Who am I? Who am I that I should go to Pharaoh and bring the children of Israel out of Egypt? Are you sure you got the right guy here? Okay, have you seen my life? Have you seen what I've done? Do you know my track record, God? And you want me to go back and do this? I'll be noticed by every single person as I walk back there. This is a noticeable prince face. Like, they've seen me. Pharaoh knows who I am. Like, I can't go back. I'll be killed instantly. Are you sure it's me you want to call, God? You see, the people, those guys who were arguing that Moses came up to and tried to correct, that looked back at him and said, hey, what authority do you have, man? You're a sinner. You you killed a guy yesterday and you have the, the guts to tell us to stop fighting. That's still playing in Moses' mind. That guilt is still tearing up his heart. And so when God comes and says, hey, listen, I want to give you authority to go save these people. He says, but I tried it once. And I didn't have the authority to do it. And I messed up. And now all I can think about is my sin and the guilt and the shame that I feel over this. And now you're calling me to do something big. But God, I can't forget the guilt that I have. You ever felt that way? God's like, hey, listen, I, I have someone I want you to share Christ with. Hey, listen, I want you to step up on your sports team. You're like, but do you know how I was talking a couple weeks ago in the locker room and those people heard me, God? I can never say it again. Like, I can't speak of you now. They know. And that guilt gets your heart and it convinces you not to do what God's telling you to do. 
That's what Moses is feeling right now. God, I can't, I can't. I'm too ashamed of what I've done. And God says something really, really cool. Look at what God says next. But I will be with you. Just change the entire scene. Moses, it's not about you. Why do you always want to make it about you? You keep turning the conversation back to yourself. The question isn't who are you. The question is who do I make you? I'm wrapping my arms around you. I'm making a promise to you. I am trustworthy and I am telling you that I'm giving you authority to do this. So stand up and trust in me. I'm not asking you to go in your authority. You didn't have it the first time. I'm not asking you to go with this because you're so perfect. I know you're not. You're full of sin. But I'm perfect. I want to give you my righteousness. I want to pick you up and cause you to be able to do this. And so, Moses, the question isn't who am I? Why should I go? I'm not worthy. The question is, who is your God? I believe God's calling some of you guys to do some incredible things. I believe God is calling some of you to your campuses, to your schools, to be a light for Christ, to speak truth to atheists and people who are just without hope, students who are suicidal all across your campuses who think there's nothing worth living for. And I believe he's calling these believers that are sitting here, many of you, to those campuses to speak loudly the truth and the hope of Jesus Christ. But so many of us are saying, God, who am I? I'm a sinner too. I don't know everything about the Bible. I'm not perfect. I don't speak great. I don't this. I don't that. And God's saying, stop asking who you are. That's not the question. The question is, who am I? Who's your God? Who's the one that calls you and says, I will make this happen. Just obey me. Moses got the question wrong. I don't know if you guys have ever seen that show, Antique Roadshow. Any of you guys seen that? It's kind of like an old person show, but it's cool to watch sometimes. They have all this, like, these people bring their, like, random stuff, and it'll look like some junk they found in their attic. And, like, they'll bring it to this show and think, like, this one dude had just, like, this old set of plates that were, like, chipped, and they just looked like this nasty set someone had left up. I was like, I'll never eat off that. You'll get, like, tuberculosis or something. But he brought it, and as the guy's looking at it, he finds in the back of these plates this, like, these initials, and because of the initials, he looks at the dude, he's like, you know, they always make it dramatic and they go to commercial before they say the price and it's one of those and it comes back and finally he's like, $50,000. And the dude's like, what? And like almost passes out. He's like, my dirty plates that are like disgusting with a rat poop on them? Like, they're $50,000? And he's like, yeah, and let me tell you why. It's because of who made it. These initials back here tell me that the person who made this was like insanely good. And that their work was really, really rare. And because of that, because of who made these, these things are just super valuable. And I think that God, as he's looking at Moses, he's teaching him that lesson. He's saying, Moses, it's not about you. You might be a broken plate. You might be this person who has some flaws. Doesn't look like much. Doesn't seem like much. But it's not about you. It's about the one who made you. It's about the one who's saved you, who claims you as his own. My initials are all over you, Moses. 
Your identity doesn't rest in what the world thinks of you, what your friends or teachers or anyone else says about you, even you. Your identity rests in the fact that God looks at you and says, I love you and I make you mine and I'm God of the universe and so I say you're priceless. You're so valuable because I made you and my son has died for you. And so he looks at Moses and he says, stop asking that question. The the answer is that you're mine. Who are you? If you believe in Jesus Christ, God says you're mine. That makes you capable, not because of you, but because I'm your God. I am your heavenly Father. And we see this, this strange thing happens, right? Next, look at He says, I'll be with you. I'm not letting you go. And this shall be the sign for you that I have sent you. Are you ready for the sign? When you've brought the people out of Egypt, you shall serve God on this mountain. He's saying, okay, so here's the sign to give you faith so that you'll go do this. No. He says, the sign's going to come after you believe in me and have faith. Then once you've done this and the people of Israel are freed, you're going to come out and guess what? You're going to worship on this same mountain right here. What? Usually, like, God does this big crazy sign, right? Like, he brings this burning bush. He did it beforehand to say, this is who I am. So Moses had faith. And Moses was like, okay, so give me a sign that this thing's going to work out. And God's like, no, no, I'm not giving you any more signs. Your sign is going to come after When you see the fruit of of what I've called you to do. I'm that guy, guys. I'm that guy that so often I need to pray and just ask God to to change this in me. Because I'm that guy that's like, God, show me me beforehand. God, give me a sign beforehand. God, show me this is what I'm supposed to do so I can go do it. And anytime I have a decision, a big one to make, I'm like, God, I I need an answer. When in reality, I know what he wants me to do. And he's saying, when you do it, That's when I'll give you your sign. When you've had the faith and you've trusted in me and you've gone and it works, I'm going to be glorified by it. And you'll be able to look up and go, God, it was you the whole time. It's like, yeah, that's what I've been saying, Rob. Too often we need God to kind of put that coin in the slot so the ride moves, you know, and he's like, listen, just go. Just go. Trust me. Put your faith in me and not these miracles and not these signs and not all these other things. Just trust me that I've said to go. And so I want you to think right now in your heart the thing that God's been calling you to do, whether it's give up certain things, lifestyles that He's been calling you out of, whether it's certain people He's been calling you to go be His light to, whether it's just something that He said, this is how I want you to serve me, and you've been like, God, I... And you've been kind of pulling back saying, but you need to show me. You need, I need a sign, God. I want to encourage you tonight that he told Moses, just have faith. Just have faith. The miracles will come as you go into Egypt and I start to bring these plagues on Egypt. Not beforehand, after you go, that's when I'll do it. And then as you pull these people out of this place, I'm going to split a sea in half. And you're going to march them through it. But I'm not going to do it before. I want you to have the faith now to get up and follow me. And as you trust me, I'm going to show you that it was worth it. 
sign up for the ride and believe what God says. I want to encourage you guys. As God's speaking to your hearts, just say yes. Don't ask for a sign. Don't need a miracle first or direction. Just say, God, if you've called me, yes, I know you'll make this work. It's not about who we are. It's about who he's making us to be. Will you pray with me? Just before I pray, with your heads bowed, I believe God, and I believe that He's doing some stuff in our hearts tonight, that there's some people here that He's been calling for a while, and He's giving you a mission, He's put it in your heart, and He said, I want you to do it, but you haven't been responding yet. You've been holding back and waiting for something, and tonight, maybe the Holy Spirit's encouraging you through the story of Moses to say, God, tonight's the night I say yes. For some of you, that might mean just accepting Jesus as your Savior. You've never done that. You don't know where you're going when you die. You don't know if you'll be in heaven when you leave this life. And tonight, you want God to forgive you of your sin and to save you. Can I encourage you tonight? He's offering that to you. Maybe that's you. If that's you tonight... Will you be bold enough to raise your hand and just say, Rob, will you pray for me? That's me. I've never been saved. I've never given my heart over to Jesus, but tonight I want to do that. I want to know that I'm forgiven and saved. Will you just slip your hand up in the air so we can pray for you? Is there anybody here like that tonight? I just want to be saved. I need the grace of Jesus to forgive me. That's me. Will you raise your hand? Thank you. And if... There's another group here I want to talk to tonight. You're the ones that are saying, like, God's been calling me and I haven't been getting up and going, but the Holy Spirit has just been on me tonight. And tonight I want prayer because I want to be that one that says, God, here we go. Lord, I'm ready. (laughs) No more holding back. No more asking for things. I want to just believe you and do the things you're calling me to do, as scary as they might be. Will you slip your hand up so I can pray for you tonight? That's me. I want to I stand up and follow Jesus. No reservations, no holding back. I see your hands. Keep your hands up for me just so we can look. And I want to follow Christ 100%. You just slip your hand up so I can pray for you tonight. Is there anybody else? Thank you guys for having courage. You can put your hands down. Let me pray for that tonight. Lord God, We can do nothing on our own, Lord. We know that. We admit that and confess it to you tonight. And we look at the example of Moses and we thank you, God, that he had the courage to just fall into your arms and say, Jesus, I trust you. God, that's what we say tonight. We trust you. Father, will you bring the Holy Spirit to those who have never accepted Jesus in their hearts tonight? If there are people in this room who have not accepted you, I pray they would before they leave here tonight. And for those who raise their hands and even some who are still scared to raise them, will you put courage in our hearts to follow you 100% to say enough is enough. My whole life is yours, Jesus. Take all of it. Cause us to obey. We love you. It's in your name we pray. Amen.